0: Welcome to In The Woods, I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrow's Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tales series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, I want to help you dig through the weeds and get to the roots of what may be holding you back from growing and succeeding in your industry. The mindset when you have to overcome when things don't go your way. So join me, In The Woods. Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, a.k.a. William Moore, the author of Sparrow's Valley and the Squisit Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majave. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, join me in the woods. So today I have a very special guest, Bruce Woodson, uh, founder and owner of Larchwood Capital Funding. Uh, he's been in the industry, especially in the credit counseling, finance, helping people open their business for the past 30 years. This is a conversation that I think everyone needs to have. And with the current educational system and just the way things work, it's just one of those conversations that a lot of people don't have. And we kind of have to learn about these different topics through trial and error. And sometimes those errors that we do make can can cause us, can cost us, a lot of money and a lot of time, which we could save. It, it just helps if we have someone like Bruce who can kind of give that information, give it the, all those options that you have to help you and whatever goals that you're looking to achieve. So one of the things I kind of wanted to start off, you've been in the credit council for a while. You've been doing finance. So you actually helped me with my finance and with my business. I want to ask you, so you've been doing this for 30 years, was finance something that you initiate initially wanted to pursue or was it something you kind of fell into over the time was this like a passion of yours or how did you get into that that industry
1: that's a good question i actually wanted to go into wall street out of high school i was fascinated with the whole the whole thing i remember going on the field trip and going to the stock market and just seeing all the noise and the people shouting i loved it and it was something i had wanted to do but now, you know, coming from in the, the inner city, so to speak, being on Wall Street wasn't a popular choice for, for a young black man at the time. I was actually discouraged by a lot of people saying that no one would listen to you. Who's going to listen to a 19 or 20-year-old trying to tell them about interest rates and stocks and, and all these different things that go with that world? You might as well do something else. So I, I listened to that and ended up, Getting into the collection part of it because it was a part of the corporate world, but it wasn't exactly how I wanted it. You know, I wanted to start out. I wanted to be at in Wall Street with the expensive suits and driving the car. The the whole, the whole. If you ever seen the the movie Wall Street, that whole part that's what I wanted, every single aspect of it. But it didn't turn out that way. So I found myself working in collections right from the beginning. At first, it was fascinating to me because I got a chance to, to see these men making a lot of money and not really having to have the education or even the finesse that you would see in your normal corporate structure. And it was, it was very good money for somebody from the streets. You didn't have to have a college degree at the time. You just had to know how to talk and kind of be aggressive and, and just go with the flow. So I ended up getting into it. I hated it from the outset. But I was caught up with the money. You made great money, you get bonuses. You know, here it is, a young kid, not even 25 years old, and I had disposable income to do whatever I wanted, didn't have the responsibilities. Instead of taking advantage of the lessons in credit, I used it as a way to get get away from it. I didn't have good credit for a long time because I knew how to work around it because I was in the industry. And instead of me, you know, using this knowledge to show people, hey, this is what you should do, I used it a negative way and did everything possible I could to get over because I was in such a negative environment because you were only as good as your last 30 days, do whatever it took to get the money from people, no matter what. Over the years, it just wore on me. It just wore on me that here it is, instead of helping people, I'm adding to your burdens. I know that you can't afford that credit card, that quite frankly, you didn't have to pay because it's too old. Now, I couldn't tell you that. I had to tell you that you had to pay it or else, which, in fact, wasn't true. So here it is. I'm trying to be a father, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good citizen. And every day, my life and how I made my living was pretty much lying to people, manipulating them to doing what I wanted them to do so that I could put food on my table. Dog eat dog world. Every five years, I'm getting out of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to help people. I'm going to help people. And then another five years go by, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to help people. And then another five years go by, and i looked up, and I'm 30 years in on this terrible business that I can't have pride in. People ask me what I do. I was everything from a credit adjuster to anything else other than telling people what I did. So I didn't have pride in that. And that's very difficult, you know, walking around as a man, making a living, a pretty good living, but not having pride in what you do. And it ended up making me sick. You know, James, over the past, I would say, eight years, I said 14 times I went in the hospital. Three different times I stayed for over a week, simply because my blood pressure was so high, my stomach was messed up, and it was all due to stress. You know, it was all due to stress. And how I ended up getting out of that business and getting into this business to helping people start their businesses and show them ways that they can get money without mortgage in the house, so to speak, was this year in March 26th of this year, my father passed away. And now we didn't really have a, a strong relationship, but whenever someone is there, you take for granted that tomorrow we'll be able to talk or we'll put our stubbornness aside and our pride aside and next week we'll talk. But when they're gone, that's 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 no more that's no longer there. So I was dealing with that. And now on April the 5th of the same year, my mother passed away, which was way more devastating because obviously we we got along a lot. You know, we got along way more, way... We were tighter than me and my father were, of course. You know, we and my mother basically grew up together. She had when she was very young. You know, so we grew up together. And kind of like friends from high school, we faded apart. You know, we said some things to each other that, We later on regretted, but our pride got in the way and within 18 years go past without communicating. And I raised my kids without a grandmother being around, without a grandfather being around, without that elder support around. I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. You know, and I didn't want my kids growing up in a negative environment. Even though I didn't make a lot of money, I did just well enough to put them in a position where they can succeed. That's all it was about. You know, I didn't have a car. I caught the bus. I did everything I could to put them in a position so they can have better choices. And then, and then through that, my health suffered. A lot of things suffered, but I kept my marriage tight for 26 years. The kids are doing great. So now I found myself at 52. My mother's gone. My father's gone. The job and the career that I was so miserable but comfortable in was taken away in July of this year. And I said, wow so okay now I'm at a crossroad where a lot of people fall apart this is where you pick yourself up and you see where you're really built you know one of the things I always told my kids adversity doesn't uh, re- it doesn't build character adversity reveals character so now I was at a crossroad I've never been at both my parents had gone the job that I and the career that I could depend on for years was gone I was 52. Do I go back and do the same thing and have the same misery all over again? Or do I do something different? And that fear kicks in. I'm a middle-aged man. Who is going to hire me to do something different? Where am I going to replace this money at? So I looked at this particular part of the financial world because being in commercial collections for years, I dealt with brokers and I see how they would help the small business owners get money so they can pay their invoices so you can keep their business going. And I can see the appreciation from the small business owners that they would give to these brokers and the trust they would have with them. And I would speak to them and I would ask them about the business. So it was always intriguing to me. But like a lot of people in my position, you have a pretty decent job. Everything is good. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to take chances. You have a fear. You know, we have that, that false security of that job that we think is never going to go away because in our minds, we actually think that place can't function without us. And then when it's taken away from us we realize that guess what (laughs) they're going to continue on without you you're just an ex-employee like everyone else you can't take it with you you can't pass it down it's just a job at the end of the day you can call it a career but a job and a career have one thing in common they can both be taken away from you the same exact time you can get fired from a job you can get fired from a career you have to find another job, or you move on to your career. At the end, This is what it comes down to. So I said to myself, do I look for this job, or do I finally do what I want to do? Do I stop making all of these excuses? Hey, I don't want to put my wife through the burden. Well, you know, the kids may need me. I had no more of those excuses. I had the resources to do it. I said, you know, I, I wanted to help people. I said, I know this information. It's time. So that's why I started Large work Capital Funding, because now I want to help people. Find the money that they need to start their business, to help them with their homes, to help them with their children's tuitions, just to have a better peace of mind. My whole goal is to just show people an honest way on how they have different options in their particular financial world. You know, not everyone's the same. Quite frankly, if your credit is low and you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of options. I don't care what anyone tells you. And if there are options available to you, your high interest rate, chances are you're going to get scammed. And you're going to find yourself in the worst position that you were in. But if you were in a position like most Americans, around that 650 you know, to 7, doing pretty well, 45 to 50 a year minimum, I can get you what you need so that you can start that business. So you can get that independent freedom. So you can feel good about yourself. Like me, I feel great now that I opened up my own business, started to help people. I don't have the same health problems anymore haven't had one problem with my high blood pressure or my stomach since I started helping people. I feel great. I we've had conversations before. I can go out and rush the truck right now. I can take it (laughs) off the road and turn it over because of the energy that I have (laughs) and the passion I have now to help people. Yes, it's stressful, not having to depend on that paycheck every two weeks, having to readjust how you do things financially, but the freedom that I have to be able to, again, help people, spend time with my wife, Uh, my son is in town now visiting because we went to the game over the weekend. I was able to take some time and spend time with him. You know, all of those things that we hear about when you go online and you see people say, hey, I drive a jet or a, a Mercedes. I don't do none of that stuff. I just enjoy the freedom of being able to make a living helping people and not have to go sit in an office every day dying the way that I was. And that's why I encourage a lot of people. Most of the people that I run across now People who want to start a business, you know, and the hardest part about that is bringing them down to reality. You know, no bank is going to give you a half a million dollars to start <laughs> your Amazon online store, it's just not going to happen. But there are lenders out there who will give you just what you need to get yourself started based on your own personal credit and personal responsibilities because business. Is, is, is A business is simple. It's your idea on how to make money and revenue for now, tomorrow, for the rest of your life. And if you have a good business plan, okay, and your credit is good, and you're willing to listen, people like me can get you the money that you need to get started. It's out there. It's so many things out there, from credit card programs to business lines of credit to term loans um, to, to different starter programs. That I have in my portfolio. There's so many different things out there, but you just have to reach out to professionals and ask these questions. And ask these. Now questions. you have a mm-hmm.
0: now you have a, a very uh, high moral compass, which I definitely respect. Where you know there was a lot of stress you were going on because in the back of your mind you was like, "This isn't what I wanted to do," and you eventually ended up deciding to do your own business. Mm-hmm. Now. You brought up a very good point in regards to like the stress of not having the the, the paycheck every two months i mean that every two weeks how did you develop uh the risk tolerance uh how did you develop kind of like that mindset of i can do this was there something you know from from where you grew up to influential people in your life was there someone that kind of molded you into that person where you always wanted to be the stand-up guy for your family for your wife for the people that you wanted to help in the future, those businesses, what was it that kind of molded you into that person?
1: Seeing my grandfather wake up angry every single day. My grandfather was an educated man during the time where black men weren't supposed to be educated. And he had to take jobs like being a porter on the, on the, on the railroads, being a butler or waiter, and having the education of being an accountant. But had to take these jobs, and I don't want to say jobs that were beneath him as a man, but beneath his educational level and what he was able right. to do. And so I wondered why he was so angry every single day. And he, was in, he ended up having some success. And I asked him one day, I was around 15, I said, Pop, why are you angry every single day? He said, because you know how hard it is having the knowledge that you have. And because of the skin that you're in and because of what goes on around you, you can't flourish. You have to just accept what is given to you because you're not looked upon as a man. He says, when you become a grown man, he says, try not to work for someone. Try to work for yourself. Even if you only make $20,000 on a year on your own versus 200000 to be in somebody else's thumb, just be on your own. It will make you feel better. And I really didn't understand that at the time. I mean, I was 15. I said, well, I'm going to try to make as much money as I can. I don't care about <laughs> any of that stuff. I want to be the the, the best. Let me see, between 15 and 16, I was going to be a designer, a car, a car designer. I wanted to do clothes, music, and I think an astronaut and maybe a few other things in between. But you know, being my own business owner was something that was in the back of my head. And he told me that you will be miserable if you do something that you that you make a living that you're not happy with. He says, whatever you do in life, be happy. Because if you're happy, You'll never work a day in your life. And again, very young, didn't went in one ear, out the other. But as I got older, I understood exactly what he meant. Because I mean, I was, I was working from home. This was before it was even popular. It was working from home, and I was miserable. All I did all day was sit in front of the computer and monitor other reps and see what they were doing. It was one of the most miserable times in my life. And as my kids would go out to school, I would see them as they would go out to school and I would look at them every day and I would beg them, whatever you do, do something that's going to make you happy. Don't chase the money. Don't chase the title, whatever it is. If cleaning up behind somebody makes you happy, then be happy. It's all about being happy. And so I, I, I preached this, but I never practiced it until I just got to the age of 52. And I said, you know what, what else do I have to lose? We, uh, all the kids are grown and successful. You know, the marriage is successful. I should be happy. Why am I miserable? And it came down to just working for someone, not being happy. So I decided to be happy. And I'm glad that I did. And I encourage anyone, whether it's in the finance business, whether it's it's selling something online, whether you just want to start on the side, if you have it in you, do it. Because I I, I the, the feeling is something I can't describe to you. You know, it, it, it's it's just just a new energy. You know, it's, it's not looking the same. It's walking different. It's talking different. You know, you respect yourself more, and the respect comes to you. And since I started my own business, I've been able to meet people like James and other people that I can learn from and I'm, I'm growing with, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So I would encourage anyone, if you're not happy with what you're doing, have faith in yourself and get something done, especially if you have the support factor around you. Don't do what I did. Don't use the excuses. Don't use the excuses. Use Don't use those excuses to fail. Use them as reasons to make it. And that's, that's where I'm getting at. Don't stand in your own way. Because I found myself just being in my own way, James. I was in my own way. It was I was the only person that was keeping me from doing what I wanted to do. So I got out I of my own way. Is.
0: I think that's one of the major issues a lot of people have is getting out of their own way, not believing they can do it. Some people don't have uh, that support structure. And I tell everyone having your own business isn't for everyone, but you should at least give it a try. It's
1: because not for not you, you, won't,
0: you won't know if it's not for you if Unless you don't you give it a try.
1: And, even, and, and, and I don't want to discourage anyone from, I don't want people, hey, quit your job today, cash in your 401k <laughs> and start a business. No, I'm not suggesting that at all. But if you Please have don't. it in you, if you have the idea, if you feel that it can work and you have the faith in yourself, reach out to someone like myself. Look at what your options are financially. See what you're able to get. Go to your bank. See, Let them say no, because they will say no all the time. But if you can come to someone like me, We can sit down with you and say, look, here's your options. This is what you can do. And you can decide from there. You know, because, again, there's so much information out there about your credit, about financing, how to start a business. There are franchise businesses out there that you can get, and there are companies and lenders that will give you the financing simply because you want to start a franchise. You know, there's there's information about franchises. Now, I'm not an expert on franchises, but I do know... Because I have lenders in my portfolio that have told me that we do give people money if they want to open up certain franchises. Because they base a lot of the credibility on the end user, which is the franchise. You know, right. I'm going to throw them out there. I don't have anything to do with them. I don't get paid for saying this, but it's just the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind. When I saw a commercial about 50 minutes about an hour ago. It was Subway. So Subway is a pretty known brand. So if you want to open up a Subway franchise and you had the the requirements for Subway, there's a very good chance that a lender will give you the money because you're getting a Subway franchise. They have a record of success. So there are people that are sitting out there that don't know that they can get into these businesses. And there are uh, lenders out there that are willing to give them the finance that they need to get it done.
0: So one of the questions I wanted to give you You're in a career, I honestly don't know too many people in the credit side. I was actually a credit counselor for a little while back in the day. Uh, And in regards to the financing and the different options, I am totally in the dark. What advice could you give someone that may be interested in getting into that field or into that career or that path? What advice would you give them if they wanted to to, to go go that route?
1: Study alone, study, know the product, understand your client if you're going to speak to someone who's a landscaper understand what their needs are understand what their equipment would cost understand what they have to do to get contracts be able to tell them more than i can just get you funding be able to tell them this certain machinery hey did you know that you can get funding off of this particular machine and you can use this machine, this piece of equipment to leverage to get other equipment. You no, know, sit them down. Do you know that there are lenders that because you've been in business for years, a landscaper, that is willing to give you money to expand your business? And it's, it's just about information. I would tell anybody that wants to get into the finance business, learn as much as you can about the loans, about the products. Try to get a good relationship with your lenders. You know, be very transparent and be honest with people. You don't have to be greedy in this business to make money. There are 30 million small businesses out there. And according to the Small Business Association, there's gonna be about a three to 5% growth over the next three to five years. So there's plenty out there. So the the tactics of of upfront hidden fees, charging people exuberant uh, advisory fees is, is, is not necessary. If someone has a business or an individual wants to start a business, there are over seventy different products out there that you can, that they have to choose from. You just have to know what product is going to fit the person. For example, you run across someone. Hey, Bruce, I want to start a business. Okay, I start with what business do you want to start with? I want to open up a trucking company. I want to have a truck. I want to do this and do that. Now, I know through my research and study what it would take to get a truck. Per- or somebody wants to get into the trucking business, finance now and in the future when you want to grow so then I would advise them on that path hey try to get try to start off with a good company that you can maybe do some independent work for so that you can learn the business and get paid from them while doing that and right. while you're while you're working on while you're working with that company and learning the ins and outs work on your credit you want to get yourself up to a 700 to 750 close to eight as you can because it just gives you more options. And then, and then put your money in the bank. If you're opening up a business account, just don't have it sitting there. Make sure it's active. You know, believe it or not, there's nothing wrong with the business showing a little loss at the end of the month because it's showing that it's active. Having right. money sitting in the business bank account is not the same as if it was in your personal bank account. A business has to keep going. You know, so this is just just educate yourself before you get started. Even when you sit down and talk to someone like myself, know what options are available to you. Don't be afraid to call us out. Say, hey, I know about term loans. That's not good for me. It's great for me because I make a lot of money off of providing term loans and stuff. <laughs> right. But it might not be your best option. Now, now, getting the credit cards may be the best option for you where I don't make as much. But that's your best option. And see, and that's, and that's where some of my colleagues kind of cringe at me because I'm willing to tell you, hey, this is the best option for you. This is the best option for you. You didn't come to me to find out what's my best option. You came to me to find out what your best option is. I'm going yeah. to make money either way. And I tell people, my, my partner, Drew, it drives me crazy, but he understands why I do it because I want people to understand if I tell you this is the only option that you have, it's truly the only option that you have because everything was transparent and honest. Your credit is not strong enough. You don't have enough doing this. Good luck. Go to your bank and see what they say. And when they tell you the same thing that I told you, now we'll try to figure out what we can do for you. And then quite frankly, if you're right on the cuffs of good, yes, you're going to pay higher interest rates. Yes, you're going to have uh, less time to pay it back. No, you're not going to get the amount of money that someone with a better credit rate will be. You're going to have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. It's going to suck. But that's the penalty for not having the credit needed to get to the, the point where you can get the $100,000 in interest-free credit cards or the term loans for $100,000 or get up to $500,000 in funding like some people can get if there's personal credit and the way that they would operate their business is all on point. You know, I have software that I bought that I can sit down with someone and tell them everything that they need to do to get to a certain level of funding. Now, that may take a month, it may take several years, but I can at least, you can at least walk away after speaking with me, knowing that these are what my options are now, tomorrow and in the future. And that's what you have to understand in this business. Don't need to be greedy. It's a lot of business out there. Know your product and know your and know your clientele and market yourself accordingly.
0: Now, you were saying uh, in regards to people going out and getting their own, doing their own research and learn about term loans and credit, what might be the best option for them? What are some of those resources Uh, That might've helped you in learning because you were saying it was 70 products and there's all these different options in your portfolio that you've learned over the years. I know things could possibly change over time. How do you kind of keep up to date with with, what's the the going way of doing things or what are the best options or how do you stay, how do you make sure that your information is always up to date and the best for your clients and for someone who just wants to get that information for themselves?
1: Social media Um, Things like LinkedIn and Facebook, when I first embarked on this business venture, I had the old school kind of the Wolf on Wall Street mentality. I have to get a bunch of people, give them a list of businesses and just have them calling every day, all day to try to close deals. But through my research and through the training and, and reaching out to different lenders and building relationships with them, I learned that that's not the way of doing things now. You know, the pandemic has changed the way businesses operate, the way they communicate. You know, me and you are are miles away from each other having this conversation. When 10 years ago, we'd have been sitting in the same studio having a conversation. So you have to understand how social media works and how LinkedIn works. And you have to be honest and transparent because social media exposes you. And so what I had to learn was to have the right LinkedIn page. You know, have the website. Don't try to hide anything. Be more personable with people. Don't be afraid to, to talk to people for free because you're going to give a lot of free information out because people are going to want to pick your brains. And, you know, one of my faults is I love talking with people. But if I have to talk to someone to get them to understand what I can do for them, then that's all a part of it. You know, you have to like people as well when, you, when you're doing things like this. But it's all through social media and the Internet. You can Google right now. How do SBA loans work? And they'll give you a bunch of information on how SBA loans work. And here's the thing, James. I also tell people this. You can also Google how a transmission works.
0: <laughs> now, if
1: you Google how a transmission works, I want you to get some tools, and I want you to go out to your car, and I want you to take your transmission apart, and I want you to put it back together. Not going to work out. Not well. going to work. It's, so you need somebody who knows how to work on a transmission, to really get it to work reading it you can understand what he's doing but it's one of those things where you have to be in the trenches to, re- to really understand you know so that's why i don't have any problem with telling people do the research because i know that it'll do the research but you can't find the ins and outs you can't find the 30 years of experience you can't find the you can't google speaking to over a million people over 30 years and understanding their needs and their desires and how they failed in business, how they succeeded in business, what mistakes did they make, what, what didn't they do, what they could have done differently. You know, that's 30 years. There's no website for that. You know, so it's just about experience. So that's why I'm confident when I tell someone, hey, do your research, know what I'm going to do for you, and then allow me to do it. That way it can be done right. Allow the experience to, to the experience will beat the education. You know, it's it's. I'm a firm believer in that. You can go to school for ten years and have a PhD in just about everything. It won't beat ten years of being in the trenches, being in the field, dealing with the people. It's the difference between a practitioner and educator. You know, practitioners can can give you the ins and outs. The educators can educate. The educators educate the practitioners. That's what it comes down to. But you have to be in the trenches to know.
0: Now you said you've, you know, you've spoken to a million people, you've, you've been in it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now that's your personal experience, but when you first started, you didn't have that experience. You didn't have uh, those, the, all those different people that you spoke no. to, all the different personalities, all the different, were there people who were truly influential to you or were there mentors or was there someone who kind of took you under their wing or maybe it was just someone that you heard or knew of that that you might've been learning from? Absolutely. Are there some people out there that actually help you?
1: Absolutely. Um, the gentleman's name was Reggie Williams. Rest in peace. He he, he passed away almost uh almost for fifteen years now. But when I first got into this particular business, all those years, well, even in collections, he was a man of integrity. Uh, you know, a, a very honorable man, and he had told me, he said, "Yes, what you're doing can be difficult." You're making people pay bills, and quite frankly, they may not have the money to do so, but you have to find a way to get them to do it. He said he was able to sleep at night because he always understood that you have to try to help people no matter what. He never made anybody go out and sell a car or do anything like that. He just gave them options. Hey, if you don't pay, this is what it's going to end up being. And the way he was able to talk to people, he actually had people saying thank, thank him. They just paid him a bill, just paid him for something they may didn't have the money for, but they actually thanked him because he gave them options. You know, and even though I didn't take that path in the career, I went the more aggressive route because I chased the money and and kind of followed the guys who were doing the sideways stuff because it was more exciting as a young man. But I still kept that in mind, you know. and, And when I taught my children, you know, how to be in business and how to do things right, That was a part of it. You know, give people options. When you speak to someone, don't lie to them. Be honest with them. If you're making money, you're going to make money regardless. You can make just as much money as you can being honest, as you can being crooked. So just be honest with people. You'll get much more respect. And then that's why in this business, I decided I'm not going to use the tactics that I learned in the dungeons of what I call corporate American (laughs) collections, I'm going to use the things that I know that can help people. Because a lot of that times I train people. I was a corporate trainer for a lot of years. And I had to sit down and teach people how to collect money from people. And then I noticed that, you know what, I'm going to show the approach, hey, you don't have to be a tyrant. Show people the advantage of paying and show them the disadvantage of not paying and leave it up to them. And most reasonable people, are going to take the reasonable route. There are some people, no matter what you say to them, you're not going to help them. There's nothing you can do. But most people are reasonable if you give them a reasonable solution to choose from. And so that's what I do in this business now. I get all of your options and give give you reasonable options to choose from. Here's what your options are. Here's what you can do. And this is how you can best benefit it moving forward. And that's what it comes down to. And didn't let them make their choices.
0: Now, you have 30 years experience. I can only imagine how many myths or false beliefs you've probably heard in your day. Are there any common myths in your industry, your profession, your career, or just in credit or finance in general that you would like to debunk or explain? Like, you know what? This is not how it is.
1: Absolutely. People who collect <laughs> money from you or help you get money, Believe it or not, they are not superheroes. They are people just like you. Chances are, when they get done talking to you on the phone, they're talking to someone just like them, and they're in your position. I've worked in that business for 30 years. I don't know anyone who hasn't had a collector call them for the same thing that they're calling you about. And quite frankly, the worst people to try to collect from are people in the industry. They're the absolute worst. They're the rudest. They're the meanest. They're the absolute worst. I found myself saying, "You do the same thing that I do, bro. Why do we have to do this? You don't like when people do it to you, so why are you doing it to me?" And and, and it's, it's 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 terrible because there's there's really the, there's so much money involved in it. The people that own these businesses, you see dollar signs. I don't care how you get the money; just get it. That's it. Whether you have to lie to P. I've heard so many horror stories, but the the myth out there that bill collectors have this power over you they're not, chances are the name of the person is not their real name. They could be your neighbor. They're in the same boat that you're in, and in the beginning, a lot of times they're not making a lot of money anyway. So you're dealing with someone who's just pretty much in the same boat that you are, who's just feeling holier than thou, feeling self-righteous, because now they get to tell you how to be responsible. When in fact they're not being responsible themselves, believe me. I operated about twenty years in the collection business. My credit was terrible, and I still live just as good as anybody that had credit better than me because I knew how to manipulate. I knew how to get over, and most of us do. Yeah, yeah. If this gets if it goes virtual, or somebody hears it, they're gonna make all kinds of comments. That's not true. Yes, it is. It is a terrible profession to be in. Remember, you're, you think. Keep this in mind. You're having a negative conversation with at least one person a day every single day. How is that something that can be a positive outlook on your or, or how you look at things in life? The stress that you have right. to bring home. With you. Every single day. And if you were to take the bill collector out of it and say, James, do you realize I've had a negative conversation with somebody every single day for 30 days? You would look at me and say, there's something wrong with you. How right. could you have a negative conversation Every day for 30. What is wrong with you? (laughs) But you add the fact that that was my job. Makes it okay? No. There must still be something wrong with you. I spent so much energy trying to separate myself from the fictitious name that I used. From the person that I was. That's why I always like to use fictitious names. Because then that way I could separate myself from who I was. And then there were times that I didn't. You know, I got... My family's been threatened over the years. I had a guy tell me he wished that I came home and my family was all dead. And I said to him, you want my family dead because you can't pay your credit card? I said, wow. I mean, I came out all professionalism. I said, wow. I said, what do you think about what you said to me? You wish me, my family, harm because you overextended yourself. Repeat that and see how intelligent it sounds. And he apologized. But this is the kind of stuff that you had to deal with every single day, being blamed for someone's situation to a point to where they want harm to come to your family simply because you said to them, hey, you got to pay your credit card. You want to do it today? I wish I and to go off for you. And a lot of people don't think that we're human. We're human as well. But the myth that we're these powerful people sitting there, that's not the case. Everyday people like you trying to make it. Just trying to make it. And we have a tough, lousy way to make a living. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of it. It was insane for me to stay in as long as I did, but the money was good. The money was just good enough for me to say, I'll deal with the nonsense. But didn't realize that I would have probably been dead in five years if I would have stayed with it.
0: We actually had this conversation right before this call, and mm-hmm. I, I was actually excited about this point. Uh, I had this conversation with my mom, and I had asked her, Maybe it was different in her day than it was in mine. Was there any form of education in regards to finance, balancing your checkbook, paying your bills, credit? Was there any of that back in the day? Because my mom has impeccable credit. And she was like, no, just trial and error. When I was 15, I got my first uh, check, checking account, and I just learned just through life.
1: No, no, it was, it was done. None at all. Sorry to cut you off so, because I'm passionate about that. No. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not at all.
0: Why do you feel? You would think the the most important aspect, in my opinion, of anyone's life, because everything we do comes around finance. You need to finance for you, your home, your car, send your kids to school, put food on the table, clothes on their back, the whole nine. Everything at the end of the day, your business comes back to finance, and they never teach us about finance. It's always trial and error and you have to mess it up or hope and pray that you're making the right decisions, but you really don't know until you actually go out there and do it. What is kind of your thoughts on that? And what do you feel that we could actually
1: do about it? Well, here it goes. And this is where the controversy is going to come in. Major credit card companies and institutions, they don't want sophisticated borrowers. They don't want people knowing how the game works. They make most of their money off the non-sophisticated borrowers. The people that max out their cards and pay the minimal every single month—that's where they make their money from. They don't want people knowing because if people knew how the credit card game worked, it wouldn't be a multi-billion-dollar industry. It wouldn't be. It would probably. It would probably go away just the way uh, VCRs have gone away. It, it's it's <laughs> terrible the way that it works if you don't know how to do it. Now, when I was coming up, your mom—you know, your mom—you know she's around the same age as my parents were the education was save your money no work hard save your money buy a house pay off your car and eventually when you're like 60 or 70 when you can retire hopefully you have enough money to live off of we don't have to depend on your kids that's exactly what i learned and even when it came down to business (laughs) We were told almost the same thing. Open up a business, save your money, open up a business, borrow the money from the bank, and then you'll be OK. But we had redlining. There wasn't people giving out a lot of the, uh, money in the in the neighborhoods that I see. Right. You right. know, my grandfather right. had some good had money. But when he passed away, but he would have had so much more if he just would have had more of an education. Now, granted, this man had an accounting degree, so he understood how money worked. But because he was limited, because the options weren't there for him, we didn't have all of this information we had. He was very limited to just what he can do with the money that he was able to accumulate. But just him being a black man at the time, he thought him accumulating that money was just enough. He was quite afraid, to be frank with you, to do anything more because he didn't want to take it from me. You know, so there was a lot of there was social stigma. There was a lot of institutional racism. There was a lot of things that kept us from. Going that next step, we thought, okay, I have the American dream, which, you know, in order to dream, you got to be asleep. But that's a whole nother topic for another (laughs) another day. But the American dream was just that. But I work with people today that are very successful small business owners. And I say to them, why use your own money to, to do this project? Well, that's what I was taught. Do you realize that you can borrow money? You can leverage someone else's money. To make money now, you don't have to do this anymore. And I found it fascinating that these that a lot of these small business owners that have been able to have some success don't know what is out there for them. And it's amazing how much further they can go if they simply just had a basic education. Now, back when I was in Oregon, my kids were in elementary school. Few of my daughters teachers, you know, very good school district in Oregon spoke to a lot of teachers, and we sat down. We said one day, I said, hey, why isn't there just a basic credit education program? When you graduate high school, you have to have gym and all these other classes. Why not just a basic credit or financial understanding to prepare young adults for where they get out into the world? And we really wanted to pursue it. Sent letters to congressmen and senators, wrote some of the banks. Now, you know, I don't want to get sued. I'm not going to mention the bank. But we got a response from a bank that said we don't want sophisticated borrowers. Sophisticated borrowers basically hurt our bottom line. It's the non-sophisticated. Wait, the
0: bank literally Literally, said Yes,
1: literally. We don't like sophisticated borrowers. We like non-sophisticated borrowers because that's what we make our most money off of. Not to be too dramatic, but that that was disturbing to me. Because here it is, I'm trying to teach scary. my kids how to be financially responsible and not make the same mistakes that I made, and there's no education there for them, or and no one's even supporting any type of education for that. And then what we have, and now we have people that know this, and they go online, they open up these, these credit schools, and these education, they charge people so much money, and a lot of this information they can just get for free if they simply took the time to pursue it themselves. You know, and, and it's, it's it's just sad. But what would a basic credit and financial education do for a high school kid coming out of school? Say, you know what, rather than spend $140,000 in student loans, I want to take my money that I saved and I'm going to open up my own business. Because now I know what it takes to start my own business. You know, we have parents that will co-sign for $100,000 student loans. But did you know that you can co-sign for your kid to get $50,000 let them open up their own business and let them pursue that life versus giving away their their wealth to a college? Especially a lot of us that come from a middle-class environment. Most of us start out middle-class, we end up middle-class. Lower middle-class, middle-middle, upper-middle, but we stay the middle-class. And a lot of that is because we don't have the basic education to go to the next level. One thing my grandfather taught me, who's the most influential person in my life, is when you're the most successful person in the room, get to the next room. Because yes. you'll find yourself being the one that people are feeding off of. You have nothing to grow off of, and then you'll find yourself the most successful person in the room to the least, mostly, the least successful person in that room. Because you didn't grow. You didn't look at your options. You didn't challenge yourself to go into the next room. And then that's what a lot of us do. We, we get the good credit. We be able, we're able to buy our homes. We do the refinance. We do all the traditional things. But then we find ourselves we're ready to retire that we can. And so now instead of retiring at 62 or 65, we're at 70. Because the traditional way of doing things is not geared up for you to be only successful. It's geared up for you to feed the system, play your part, and do your role, work till you die, and then move on. A sad reality.
0: If you had to give, give someone advice, what are some of the, the basic topics or basic things about finance you feel everyone needs to know?
1: Know your lane. Don't allow your dreams to get in the way of reality. Understand, get in where you fit in, like a street turn. If you are someone who makes about fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year, look at the options that are there. For your lane, like I just said, there are many options for people that make fifty or $60,000 a year to where they can make extra money, to where they can start a business, to where they can turn that $50,000, $60,000 a year income into a way that they could invest in the stocks, a way that they can buy a home. Just have to know. Don't pursue things that are too high. Don't go look at Warren Buffett and say, I'm going to do what Warren Buffett does. Well, that's a good idea. But Warren Buffett can take $500 million and invest in something. Your $5 investment is not going to do the same as his $500,000 investment. So the basic thing is know what you can do. Know your lane. And then once you know your lane, then you can start moving over because I'm going to master that. Okay, I'm a middle-class person. I make $50,000 a year. What can I do to increase that? Let's start with that first. Okay, I can make my credit better, so I'll, I'll... do the necessary assessment of my credit better. Instead of blowing all my disposable income, I'll save maybe 10 or 50% of that over a period of time. Have a plan. Right. You know, the great Herm Edwards once said, a, a, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Wish, yep. So have a plan and stick to your plan. And I think that was one of the mistakes that I made over the years was I was able to put great plans together. I put plans together for people that, took my plan and was way more successful than I was. So I had to look at myself like, wait a second, well, what are you doing? You're giving people all these great ideas and they're running with it. You. You're still sitting there. So I had to realize, oh, I'm that guy. Those that do, do those that can't teach. I just have to be able to teach yes. very well. So that I had to find a way that I can teach and, and not be a poor teacher at the same token. But, you know, so stick to the plan no matter what. Stick to your plan. You but know, it that, just that, really that, comes, all comes back, to that,
0: right. no. all come back to that practitioner and educator. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a major part of, of access to seating. Yeah, and that's now, this is kind is of where I, I
1: mm-hmm. say it again. I'm sorry, a little delay in the phone. I think that's the, the key is knowing your lane and, and taking it from there. And if you don't like the lane that you're in, do the steps that needs to be done to get out of that lane. Exactly. That's where To it's move
0: goes. up. Now this is kind of where I like to switch things up a little bit. Okay. If you and I were to switch places, and you were the interviewee, and I you were the interviewer, and I was the interviewee, mm-hmm. is there a question that you would have liked me to ask you that you've always wanted to speak about an answer, or is there a question that you would have liked to ask me?
1: Well, that's good. Um, what I would ask are what are some of the, the do's and the don'ts when you're looking to get into starting a business. Because I find myself, it seems like people who are wanting to start businesses are are, are, are attracted to me more so than ones that are more established. So I had to figure out the best way to advise these people because I'm in the same boat. And one of the things, there's three important things when you first start a business. Have a business plan you know, a three to five year plan as to what you want to do. Think of several different streams of reasonable income that can be generated from your plan. Because with that solid business plan, and then with your credit being in those numbers that we talked about, having that solid, that gives you a whole nother option. It not only does it put you in a better position financially as far as your interest rates, insurance and all that, But now, if you have that job and you have that solid credit and you put that solid business plan together, then you put yourself in a position to get funded. And that way you can live your dreams to work for yourself or to enhance your lifestyle. But it really all comes down to just knowing what your options are, figuring out what lane you're in and financing your particular lifestyle. This comes down to learn how to finance your lifestyle. If you want to be rich, okay, then you have to do what it takes to get rich. But if you want to be comfortable, which is a far easier goal to achieve, figure out how to be comfortable. Most of us don't realize how closer we are to comfortable than how far we are away from rich. Let's get comfortable first because that middle class and actual comfort is not that far away. A couple of small adjustments can make you comfortable, even if you want to open up a side business to go along with your career that gives you that comfort, that's an easier goal than the opening up a business and throwing everything into it, understanding your lane and taking small steps. Me, when I first opened this business, the first thing came to my mind was what it was going to be in 10 years. And I had to stop that thought and say, wait a second, I have to plan for what I'm going to do with 10 days. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm going to be in business tomorrow, let alone 10 days, because if I do what needs to be done today for tomorrow. Then that 10 year thing can happen. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us that we we have this great idea and we see where we're going to be. But we miss out on the hard work that has to go between the the little things. So and I think that comes from knowing what your lane is. I had to look at, okay, this is what I'm starting with. So starting with this. There's no need for me to look at all of these things that are going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I have to look at what's going to, what I can do right here. And then through research, not through trial and through error, I say, wait a second. I can get everything that I need for even less than this. And seeing that part helped me be able to have an avenue to help out other business owners. Hey, this one worked for me. I'm starting out like you, but this one worked for me, and it can work for you. It's my business to know. So that's what I that's if I had to switch places, which what is what are some of the obstacles that come over and starting the business? There's not a lot of obstacles. You just have to have a solid plan and confidence in yourself. And then just do it. Not to sound like a slogan. Don't get paid from Nike. You know, don't get a check from there. Be nice, but it, it but it fits. You just do it. Don't say if or when. Say, I'm going to do this. And I had to change my mindset. Oh, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this when I can. No, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna set a date. I want to plan to get it done. And that's what you have to do. And that's what you have to do.
0: Now, this is one point I, I definitely want to uh to to take the, this time. Kind of mm-hmm. I guess giving you a moment to shine. Now you have large wood capital funding. What would you like uh listeners to know about uh, Largewood Capital Funding, uh, yourself, how they can connect with you and what type of services. You spoke about, you know, you have your portfolio and other things, but what would you like them to know about your company and about, about yourself and things that you're working on?
1: Well, thank you for that opportunity. First and foremost, with myself and with Largewood Capital Funding, you are going to get honesty. You're not going to get what you want to hear. You're going to get an honest, professional opinion on what your options are. And then we're going to do everything we can to get you the funding that you need. We also provide different business services. I also do personal advising. Uh, I have a couple of people in, in Las Vegas that I do personal advising for. James is familiar with one of them, one of the top producers in Las Vegas. I've been helping him uh, move to the next level. But when it comes down to large large-scale Capital Funding, if you're looking for funding for your small business, give us a shout. Uh, My phone number is 702-544-4051. My personal cell. The website is LarchwoodCatFunding.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, Right now, we are looking to help out real estate investors and people who are looking to start a business. I have several programs in my portfolio that are there to help people get started with the business. With us, there are no upfront costs to help you. Then, if we have to structure your business, then that's a cost. But if you already have an idea and a structure and you just need funding, give us a call. Let's look at your options and let's get you done. But the bottom line is, not to sound too commercially or preachy, it's just going to be honest. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. If I can't, I'm going to tell you I'm not going to waste your time or my time. But, you know, be prepared. It's all honest with us. I, All of my reps, everyone that works, they will tell you. If they're not going to be honest, they can't work with If you're somebody that should go to the bank or someone that doesn't need alternative funding, they have to tell you that. If they don't tell you that, they don't work for me anymore. And people that I've already worked with, they will tell you one of the first things I tell them is go to your bank, see what your bank says. When they say no, come to me and then we'll figure it out. That's it.
0: Awesome. So what I'm going to do is I'll actually have your LinkedIn and your website um, when we actually put the video up. So this way people will have that. Uh, inside of the description so people have that information in regards to getting in contact with you. Perfect. So now here is my signature in the woods question that I ask everyone. Mm -hmm. Now everyone in their career is not always going to be uh, the happy path. It's not going to be roses and rainbows. Absolutely. (laughs) What was one of your darkest moments within your journey and kind of how did you cope with it? I know you said you you had the, the health issues because of you were doing something you didn't want to do, but was that it, or was there something else that you would say was really that that hot come I to
1: Jesus it. moment? Well, excuse me, I'm out here in the desert in Las Vegas, and I had the sweater when we started, Vegas. and it got hot on me. So I don't want people to think I'm getting <laughs> nervous because of the questions. It's actually getting warm out here. For me, because I talked about the security of having a job, I had when I was in Oregon, I had a great job. I was managing a place. And when I was let go, the hardest time, the hardest 45 minutes of my life was going home and having to tell my wife that I no longer had this job because I didn't know how she was going to react. You know, She's been there with me through every, every adventure. And I went in, and with so much anxiety, I thought my heart was going to explode. I told her what had happened, and she got up, and she went to the computer, and she started looking for a job. And I looked up and I said, well, what are you doing? I just told you what happened. She says, well, you'll find another job, but in the meantime, I have to help you out. And that made me feel better because I knew that I had someone in my corner that was going to be there for me. So my my hardest time actually ended up being a time where I actually seen who was around me. You know? And it, it's I'm not, I'm not surprised. I just got to share this one quick thing. When we first got there, my grandfather had taught me, when it's nice outside, everyone's willing to be outside to play with you. Everyone's nice. You cook out. Everyone's having a good time. See who's willing to stand outside in the rain with you. That's who you'll measure who has your back. So I remember when we first started dating, I say, get dressed, you know, got dressed up nice. And I took her out and it was raining. And I went by a park. And I just got out of the park. I sat out on the bench pouring down rain just to see what she's going to do. And she came and she said, are you all right? I said, yeah. I just wanted to sit out here in the rain. So she sat with me, didn't say anything. So about five minutes later, got back in the car. I knew I had to get a hair done because you ain't going to mess a black woman's hair up and not get a hair done. But she deserved it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, what was that for? I said, you know, babe, everyone will stand outside with you when it's nice. I just want to see if you would stand out when you're Because I plan on being something more than just working for somebody my entire life. I plan on being able to help people, and when I leave this earth, my name and our family is going to be synonymous so with something important. And it's going to be a lot of rainy days. I just want to see if you can in the rain. With me. And then 26 years later, we're here. We're standing years. in the rain. So the support. So what? So when you have people in your corner, don't look at them as as don't use them as excuses. I use her as an excuse. Hey, I don't want to put her through the burden. You know, I don't want her working overtime. I use all those excuses. But here it is. This is somebody that's out in the rain with you, what was overtime. So the people who are willing to help you, don't don't shy away from them. Embrace them. Because you need a good team of people around you to do it. Like my my partner, Andrew. When I first started, wanted to start this business, we worked together. We weren't really, really tight, but I seen something in him. And when I had stepped to him and said, hey, Drew, this is what I want to do. And from day one, he's been there with me. He still works at night while we're trying to get everything going. Early in the morning to the time he has to leave out the door, he's on the phone with me, reeling me in. We're going to do this, we're going to do that, slowing me down, doing his part. So I really am thankful that I have great people around me, from my family to my clients that I have that have been helping me, to my partner. I I got too many people that are rooting for me to fail. So I'm I'm gung-ho. I'm gung-ho, and I thank everyone for the support.
0: I'm hundred percent behind that uh, it, with all the things that I do, like my podcast, if it wasn't for my brother, he went to college. He literally went to college specifically mm-hmm. to work with me. When he finished, he, he received a, a double bachelor's, mm-hmm. uh, one in graphic design and one in new media and a minor in game design mm-hmm. in four years, which basically meant he never took the summer off. He literally went to school literally year round. So he year round so he could get it over with for four years. And I actually, uh, and I was a, I co-founded a company called MVG, which is most valuable game. And we were the number one Super Smash Brothers team in the world. So he went to college and got a minor in game design. So he'd have a better idea of what I do. And just, you know, he, he was also in the gaming thing. So he did it for himself also. But a small piece of that was basically looking out for our family business and our future. So there, they're, I truly don't believe anyone in this world succeeds on their own. If you can't succeed on your own, then the goal really wasn't that big.
1: Absolutely. You need
0: a team of people around you to truly, because there are going to be times when you don't want to do it and you need that guy to kick you in the butt and be like, come on, man, (laughs) we got work to do.
1: And I got to tell you, (laughs) I was absolutely nervous. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. What am I going to say? How am I going to be? I said, you know, if my whole thing is about honesty and transparency, I'm just going to be myself. But I gotta say, you made this a very easy experience. I encourage anyone that you reach out to to come on and speak with you. Um, it was a great experience, and I, I appreciate having a chance to uh, talk a little bit to people and you know, have the old man say a few things. And I'm excited about it. But again, you did a you did a great job with it. Anybody out there who reaches out to you, come on to the show, support them. It's it's a great format, very professionally done. Again, this is my first time doing this. So I'm very impressed with how everything is. So thank you very much. Oh, for I, I was
0: you're welcome. And I was very happy that, that you said when I asked you to come on the show, I was like, Man, I, I, I need someone like you. I said this is the one industry that everyone wants to know and no one knows. Yeah, do, No yeah, one do knows do the for research. themselves
1: do the research.
0: how to get into it. I was like, You're a guru. I'm sorry. You thirty years <laughs> in any industry. You're the man, first off, because you survived that long. You supported your, your your kids, your family. I mean, I've met your daughter, and she's doing great things with her book and the writing. Thank you very and much. And you you can tell that they definitely had a very strong foundation. Not, not to put her uh Aris out there, oh, but this fun. was one of the things that really struck me. Um, that I really had a lot of respect for you.
1: Well, thank you very much. My, My mom was actually well. Yeah. And so I can help them be successful. I can help other people as well. So I, I've, I've accepted my role as I'm the man that makes people great. So, so if you if you want to start a business, if you're trying to do something, give me a call. It won't hurt to let's sit down and talk and let's look over the options. And it goes for anybody. My phone's always open, but try not to call me past ten o'clock. I'm an old man. I'm in bed. So try to keep it the business hours or send me a text and I'll get back to you as soon as I can.
0: And keep in mind that he's a uh, West Coast. So if you're on East Coast, those three hours make make
1: yes does make a difference. Yes. Yeah.
0: What kind of benefits? So ten for him for for us on the East Coast might not be so bad. Just keep that in now mind. I'm up
1: early, you know? like I said. I'm an old man. I'm up early, but you know, at least give me till after nine. That's like, it's like give me give me nine o'clock. And,
0: and the last the last thing I would say was one of the things my my mom did the same thing, and I saw that uh, with you was. My mom has always been 100% behind me. In anything that I wanted to do, I went to college because for electrical engineering because someone said I was good at math and science. And when I, you know, I went into the tech world, but when I finally hit a point where I said, you know what, I really want to start pursuing, you know, the podcast, sharing the information, experiences I have, you know, write my books and start working on plays. My mom was, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'm 100% behind you. So when I had a conversation with you and you explained in the same thing about your daughter, Reese and, and her book, actually, this was another uh, book that she had uh, aging uh, storm uh, clouds. I actually just heard it just came in the mail the other day. And when you told me that she told you, you know, this isn't what I really wanted to. I wanted to pursue writing and you were 100 percent behind her. So you're literally practicing what you preach. Oh,
1: absolutely. Do what you, you want
0: to do. Be. Pursue it and Every time I have conversations with her, I'm, I'm. It, it's almost motivating to me. It's like okay, I, I can't slack. I said yeah. she's working on her her next book. I'm working on my next book. I said let's let's keep making these these
1: moves. Yeah, she she's relentless. I can remember her calling me from school saying, "Dad, I don't want to do this. I want to write." I said, "Give me 20 minutes." I hung up the phone. I got online. I got her a plane ticket. Said, "Come home and write." You know, it was you have to support. Yes, I would have loved to brag about having a daughter that was a doctor. But I'm more happy to brag about a daughter that's happy. I right. wouldn't want a miserable doctor. Absolutely. I'd rather have a happy writer. And she's relentless. She's been writing pretty much every day since she was 12. And she always reminds me she's a better writer than me. And I was like, Well, I would hope so, because I don't have money for a profession. <laughs> you better be better than me. But yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, she's 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 pretty excited. She's uh she's happy to, that you reached out, you know, she's she has your book, and I'm going to read it myself because, for what you told me, I, you know, I'm ready for the movie to come out. You know, I, you know, my <laughs> wife too. We say, "Hey, what is this coming out on Netflix, man? I want to read this. I want to see this." You know, the characters and everything was just, uh, yeah, it, was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was well written. It was well written, man. You, it's. Uh, I'll say this to you: you should have started writing t- twenty years ago. You know, oh yeah, based I know. on what I said. And the thing is, I written. actually
0: published a book yeah. fifteen years ago. And that book was actually one of the first part of seven, and just life happened, and I gave up on my dream. and I recommend to anyone, don't do that, because if I had one regret in life, it would literally be I, I never regretted any decisions I made, but I, but I do wish I would have continued pushing as hard as I was when I wrote my first book.
1: Absolutely so great. I, I
0: totally. Be absolutely.
1: you know have what to that what, you're what you're if. about?: You know, I'm 52. And I have some what-ifs, but one what-if that I don't have, the one that sat with me the most is, what if I started my own business could I make it? I don't have that what-if now because I know I can't. Anymore. You know, nice. no, I can't. Now, I have the what-ifs if I would have played the lottery a few years ago, what would have happened? and kind of stuff like that. What <laughs> if I would have bet on the Eagles versus the Patriots, it would have been different, but the, the what-ifs that matter, I don't have that anymore. And I think that's why I probably added another 10 years on my life. Like I said to you, before. I'll go out and wrestle a car right now to the ground. and I'll flip it over on his back and shake everything out of me. The energy that I have right now. so I'm good. Absolutely. So in that, I'd
0: like to say it was definitely a pleasure. Thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show. Definitely look into Larchwood Capital Funding. Uh, Thanks for joining me for this episode of In the Woods. Be sure to sign up to our email list at moreinthewoods.com. This way you don't miss any of our future episodes. And follow me at william moore the author on all social media platforms if you haven't read his books
1: go read it if i'm telling you i, I mean it, it is it's amazing it's like something off of netflix it's got a, it's like a combination of, of the avengers and harry Potter. i'm telling you it, it, it's amazing check it out check it out you'll love it. thank you my man
0: i'm james woods this is william moore thank you for listening